ready to roll. Jack in the back. Jay Brad. Week one NFL season it is upon us. I appreciate everybody tuning in, listening live for wherever you may be. Thank you to all our supporters. I really appreciate it, near and far. Yes, it is week one of the NFL season. Yes, this is the Colin Thompson Show. That's Jack Connell. Justin J. Brad is in the house with us as well. Uh, back by popular demand. So it's great to have you back. It's always good to be joined by you guys. I'll start with Jack. Jack, how was your weekend, pal? Did you do any public transportation like walking, which you're getting me fun of a lot for, or eating weird types of wings, uh, buffalo, and then hot and saying they're two different flavors? What did you do this I weekend? And what are you looking forward to week one? So you'll be pr- – I just – actually this morning, I, I would count the weekend because it's Labor Day weekend. I just finished Entourage. I watched the whole – I finished the whole series and I watched the movie today. So Wow. Yeah, that was a quick timing. So I started the day I got back from training camp and you threatened my future not for long if I didn't watch Entourage. Correct. <laughs> and then That's- just – so like probably like a month. I, I, I mean, I've never been a heavy binge watcher like – I'll go through one show at a time, but like I watch it like when I'm eating or if I'm winding down at night. Like this is a show where I would watch three, four episodes at once. I was hooked. So tell us what you think about the show, Jack. I love the show. I mean, obviously the first text I I had a complete 180 on Ori. The first text I ever sent you about the show, after I watched the first episode, I'm like, this agent is the worst. I hate this dude. And he is probably tied with Tony Soprano for my favorite TV character of all time. He yep. is that's not even like recency bias from just watching the show. He has just done so well in the show. I will say though, unfortunately, I did not really like the movie. I did not like the movie. Wow. I don't I feel like the show wrapped everything up so perfectly. It just felt everything was so undone between Ari, he reaches the pinnacle, like he steps away. Well, spoilers, he steps away. Fine. It's an old and show. You can get spoilers. Ten years old at this point. He's so he's gone, and then he gets obviously the I would assume it's Warner Brothers, or whatever job, and it's ambiguous. You assume he's going to take it, whatever. And E goes off with uh, her name Sloan. He goes off with Sloan. Like everything's wrapped up, and then comes in the movie, and it's just like none of that ever happens. Like oh, Ari never got the job. He's back where he was before, and like the whole thing was the whole last arc of his character was. I'm like retiring because my wife, and my family come first, unless it's unreal job happens and he doesn't get the unreal job. And it's just back to like, it's just like that whole plot never happened. Like all right, that, that was my biggest gripe with it all. I get it. I mean, listen, I get it. There was some pushback about the movie. I love the movie. I thought it was just another episode continued. That's mm-hmm. how I treated it as multiple episodes, maybe a series of a show continued. There's so much happened with that show it was such a huge pop culture thing like when they had the movie premiere it was really right it was just to get and display all the cameos gronk and edelman and russell wilson and like all the people that had been a part of the entourage journey we were fortunate enough here at the colin thompson show not for long media to have doug allen on our show the creator of entourage and he talked about the challenges of doing the movie and all the cameos and how it just exploded because it was a show about what was really happening in la like Right. Like, obviously, some things are dramatized, but, you know, what is happening in L.A., it, it's displayed. It's not like it's, uh, you know, Game of Thrones or another show where you can't really have a cameo, per se. There is some. But 
what was going on in LA at the time or what was going on maybe 10, 20 years before that entourage was displaying. So it made sense for people to cameo in and out and they find a way to do it. And I, I was a huge fan of the movie. Like I said, it was an, a continual of the series. There's so much pressure for them to always make more movies, do more shows because there's a passionate fan group. And I think obviously you're a part of it now. Now, Jay Brad, big question. Have you seen entourage? I have not. I have no idea what Jack was talking about, and uh, he spoiled the movie for me. So now I don't even feel like there's a reason for me to watch it. So, Jack, um, Jack, you bring a lot of wonderful people here to Not For Long Media, but <laughs> next time you say, Colin, I have someone great here, like Jay Brad, extremely talented, works extremely hard, does awesome work for us. The first question, have you seen Entourage? If you haven't, they have to watch it before they can be hired here at the show. <laughs> we have uh, – Colin and I are going to start working through like a 15-question trivia fill, formula to fill. You have to get 80% before we even look at your resume to bring you on. Yes. yes. Even though you're super talented and a great man, Jay Brad, and work extremely hard. No, it's a great show. I absolutely love the show and be, been lucky enough to become kind of social media, Zoom podcast friends with Doug Helen from afar and uh it's been great to follow what they have a great podcast victory the podcast check that out uh, action park media you know kevin murphy uh you know in the show uh wow he's slipping my name right here wow um because it's kevin Connolly in real life there we go kevin Connolly in real life thank mm -hmm. you bro. thank you my mind had to finally clear it out kevin Connolly, who plays e murph eric murphy in the in the show um, he has Action Park Media, which is a great media company that I, I study a lot, you know, try to do what they're doing, right? Like we try to watch Barstool, like we do that. That's what we're doing here, not for long media. Um, so, you know, they, they have a great podcast out there. I transitioned to a news, breaking news and not for long media, Jack. News sounder right here. I wish we had that and we will have that. But uh, no, I'm kidding. Two Girls, One League, their first episode will come out this week. Uh, we have some you know, awesome hosts, Alex, Paige, Silvana, Rossi's working her way into the next episode. So we're going to have two plus uh, girls and one league, the NFL, to talk about. So we're really excited about that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be creative. There's going to be lots to talk about in the league. And who better than people that are really smart about the league? Doesn't make them, you know, that people say, oh, girls can't, you know, sports and all these different things. No, these girls can talk sports. They can talk football in particular, and they're going to do a lot of stuff. They're going to be talking who knows what, gambling, fantasy football. You know, we're letting them run with it and having a ball with it. So it's going to expand. It's going to continue to just blow up. They're going to have players on there in the NFL. They're going to have guests all across the platforms uh, of media. So I'm excited for what's going on with Two Girls in the League. I'm extremely excited what's going on with our friends over at the original Fudge Kitchen, fudgekitchens.com, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country jack check them out guys fudgekitchens.com they ship it right to your door take care of a friend that's been taking care of you send something to mom send something to dad take care of somebody send them a box of fudge it's creative it's better than flowers it's better than your run-of-the-mill you know brand valentine's day i'm not going to say the company type heart-shaped box right or the Hallmark card or whatever it is. Fudge has meaning. Fudge is a taste of the Jersey Shore that we know and love. The saltwater taffy is a taste of the Jersey Shore that we know and love. Mix up your gift giving this fall, this holiday season. Send somebody a box of fudge. What's better than that? It's a taste of vacation. Absolutely love what they're doing at the original 
Fudge Kitchen, fudgekitchens.com, shipping fudge and sweet treats across the country. All right, Jack, so lots to talk about on the show. Again, Jay Brad, how was your weekend? Let's still start with you, and then we're going to kind of transition to our next segment, which is going to be, oh, my God, I buried the lead again, Jack. Buried the lead. We are Jack this week. Now we're recording Monday night. The podcast come out every Tuesday morning. Brian O'Neill is going to be joining us today. Brian and I did a lot of the ep- we did a lot of these episodes episodes in the summer, guys. Brian's a Pro Bowl offensive lineman, right tackle for Minnesota. He's from Delaware. Uh, did not get an offer from the University of Delaware. Went to Pitt as a tight end and turned himself into a really one of the best right tackles in the NFL. Uh, it was a high draft pick. Uh, talk about the draft. We talked about the drafts on the show. We talked about Pitt. We talked about Minnesota. We talked about Dalvin Cook. We talked about, you know, playing for multiple coaches. We talked about all these different things. I was fortunate enough to play golf with Brian this summer. Had a great time getting to know him, and he was – we were very fortunate, you know, for, of his time to come on the pod. So, we did a long, Jack. I think we did an hour, Brian. That could yeah, be wrong. about like an hour or so. Yeah, I would say about but, at least 50 minutes. Yeah, at least 45 minutes plus uh, of just good quality content. of just Brian telling stories of the glory days, putting on 100 pounds, all these different things. So, some really funny stories, some good stories. Talked about some charity things that he's involved in. Um, and he just got a big payday. And we are a player's podcast on this. So congrats to Brian on getting paid. The next round is on you. And then the next five would be on me. But the first round is always on the guy that just got paid. So, Brian, appreciate you joining us, man. Uh, best of luck this season. And, uh, you know, we're looking forward to watching you. And, I'm, you know, you're going to be going to back, back, back-to-back Pro Bowls. Uh, that's my pick. So. Best of luck, brother, and uh, to your team and, and to you and, and nothing but a safe season. All right, Jay, Brad, what would you do this weekend, bud? What are you looking forward to week one in the NFL season as well? Uh, so what I did this weekend uh, was watch football, college football all weekend. It felt good to be back. Football's back. What game uh, did you like the most, Jay, Brad? Uh, man, there was a lot. That Houston game was really good. Uh, went to like those the overtime rules, which I think the NFL should uh, look into for those overtime rules. It's really fun to see both teams going back and forth at the goal line. Um, and then that Utah game was really good, too. Um, but it was just great to have football back on the TV. I'm mainly an NFL guy. I'm slowly creeping my way into college football, but it's mainly because where I'm at in Pennsylvania and Lancaster, there's not really like there's Penn State and there's Pitt. There's not. Like, I don't want to be, like, an Alabama guy or, like, a Temple guy. Sorry, I like Temple, but I don't, like, like, come on, Colin. I, I don't have Temple relatives. Like It has nothing to do with that, Jay, Brad. You're, but you put Jack saying Pitt. You're, like, an hour and a half from State College. <laughs> like, you're saying there's no college football around you, and I'm not a Penn State fan. I am now because of Pat Kraft. Shout out to Penn State for a big win. But – Obviously, as a Temple guy, I'm not a Penn State fan. Plus, I got recruiting visits there that did not go well, multiple pre-college and during college. So, long story short, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm, my Penn State fandom has grown because of Pat Kraft, the athletic director there. He's a great guy. But, Jay Brad, don't say you don't have college football around you. West Virginia I mean, like, just south of like, I just – yeah, I mean, I just feel like – No, you just want to raise like, one. I get it. Listen, I get where we're from. I, I am giving you crap, but I do get where we're from. It's like – Notre Dame, Penn State are kind of nobody. You're just kind of an, an Eagles fan, a Steelers fan, like a Giants fan. It's it's just not embedded in in like here in Carolina, guys, it's all college sports. That's it. Yeah. So I got it, Jay Brad. What are you looking forward to week fun? Week one, bud. I mean the birds, Colin. 
The no. the birds are back, you know, back on TV. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but you know, just NFL in general. It's, I mean, Thursday night we're almost there. Uh, the start official start of week one. That's a good matchup. Josh Allen and Matthew Stafford. Um, just just really excited to have football back on TV. Red Zone, all the whole the whole everything. Just back. what do you got, Jack? What are you looking for to week one, buddy? I mean, I mean, obviously I watch the Eagles. I'm excited to just see football back. I'm not the biggest college football fan in the world. I watch a little. The game I paid attention the most this weekend, I'll tell you a lot, is Division Three Susquehanna University playing Lycoming, I believe. That was the game I paid attention the most this weekend. Put on wow. a stellar offensive effort. Shout Ooh. out to the Riverhawks. Susquehanna, I think it was like 45-16. Quarterback, Michael Rudy, had like a 252 QBR, just nuts. Not as good yeah. as uh, Deion Sanders' son. Oh, my God. He put on a show. I, I saw that, too. <laughs> that was incredible. He put on a show. We – uh. We watched uh, the App State finish was crazy, absolutely crazy. The LSU Florida State game was crazy. You could see how they're just taking advantage of college football now of these schedules. Like, there's a game tonight, or is there a game yeah, tonight? Clemson. Yeah, Clemson, Georgia oh, yeah, Tech tonight. So they're just they're just hitting these. You know, they probably started what Tuesday, Wednesday. So it's been like a week straight of college football, and they knew before the <laughs> NFL starts, they are dipping in on that quality Sunday slot. Why not? I don't blame them. I don't blame them. Uh, we're going to get a new segment here at Matchups next, which is something I'm really looking forward to. Trying to find a way for me to talk football on this show, which is my wheelhouse, obviously, without making predictions and all these things. I don't want. I don't want to be involved in. Right? I'm a Carolina Panther. I don't want to do that, but I can shed some light on things around the league uh, and players around the league and those matchups for people to watch because I think they'll be really good. But first, I want to talk about our friends over Wealth Advisory Services, guys. I've been talking about them for a while now. They sponsor our podcast, but honestly. These are people that I trust, my family trusts, and I'm very fortunate to work with when it comes to managing your wealth. Big, small, no money. I had a plan in place when I had $0 and then a plan in place now for what's next and then what's next and then retirement. So there's no amount of money it takes to start. And personally, again, I do these ad read guys. I just try to talk true fact about how my experience has been. I cannot thank their team wealth advisory services enough. Paul, Dave, 100 years of experience in their office. So many people to talk to, so many connections, located in Doylestown, Bucks County, located in Cape May, New Jersey. They cover the whole Northeast. They work with clients actually nationwide, which is awesome. It's something I found out about two, three months ago. I didn't know that. So it's been an absolute pleasure. And they've helped me kind of diversify and find new things and handle the crazy markets and all these different things. Just someone to talk to on a consistent basis. So shout out to our friends at Wealth Advisory Services, wealthadvisoryservices.com. All right, so guys, we're going to do matchups. We'll save mine for last, but we're going to go with Justin first. I mean, we're going to go with Jack first, and then we're going to go with Justin, and then we're going to go to me. So we're going to give Justin some more time to brew it in his head here as he got it last minute, our new segment. Thank you, Jack. So Thanks, Jack. Uh, Jack, who is your matchup or matchups for week one? So I got two. I have a skill position matchup and then in the trenches one. So my skill position, two star players that changed teams this offseason, JC Jackson versus Devontae Adams, Chargers Raiders. I think that's going to be a great one. There's a lot of hype around Jackson going into the season, a new scheme, There's a lot of hype around Adams' new scheme, how they both fare with these franchises. It's going to be interesting to see. And then my other one is another divisional battle, Leo Collins versus TJ Watt. I'm not sure how much they'll match up, but again, Collins, who was stellar in Dallas, 
now becomes the anchor of that Cincinnati offensive line to really take them and that offense to the next level against arguably the best rusher in football. I mean, probably the best and probably one of the best just linemen in general, Aaron Donald, et cetera. Another just divisional matchup. I think that's just going to be another really thrilling battle to watch. I'm going to add the Wad brothers, the bus one this week, just this off of that comment too, because all three of them are in the NFL. <laughs> it's pretty freaking crazy. And they're all really good. Obviously, JJ um, and was it is it TJ? Derek. Is it Derek, JJ, and TJ, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, TJ obviously is defensive player of the year. JJ's probably a Hall of Famer. And uh, Derek is a fullback in the NFL. Like They don't exist, and he's in the <laughs> league. So it's really impressive. Really impressive. We'll talk about them. They'll be on bus one this week. Um, but no, it's some great points, Jack. You bring up I, obviously the Collins deal was huge. Obviously, what what brings off the edge is massive. Uh, you know, the Steelers' whole front is really good, so that's going to be interesting to see all that. They're a divisional rivalry too. It's a great call by you. Uh, Bengals coming off their massive year. You know, Steelers under Coach Tomlin have not had a losing season, so they just named Mitch Trubisky starting quarterback. So, congrats to Mitch. Great guy. I think he's a great quarterback. Um, I think he's going to have a really nice year in Pittsburgh. I really do. So uh, that's some great stuff, Jack. I love it. And then your receiver versus DB, the J.C. Jackson one, that's kind of one you forget about. That happened really on, early on in free agency, I think. It was like the first big deal because he kind of set the market. Yeah. I mean, he, he They knew he was kind of going to walk from New England, but he kind of reset the cornerback market with that contract. Those L.A. teams are absolutely loaded with high-end talent. I mean, they're loaded with great players. Don't get me wrong, but – the high-end players, whew, they got some really, really good players. So that's a great matchup, Jack. I love it. Uh, should be interesting to see how they're going to play Devontae. I think now it's been – it's funny. Like, it happens overnight. Like, it doesn't even matter where the rankings are or top, you know, 100 players. Like, once Aaron Rodgers comes out and says Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the league, it's like, all right, he's the best receiver in the league. Like, no one really argues it. He said that multiple times. Um, so it's a great call. Justin, Jay Brad. Okay. What do you got? So – so I did a position one, and then I did a team versus team, just like a whole dynamic. Um, so offense, defense kind of thing. So my position one, again, got to go with the birds. Keep it rolling with the birds. I got A.J. Brown's debut in a – well, regular season debut at least. Uh, but he didn't really catch any passes in preseason. They didn't really look his way too much um, in the preseason. He didn't really play too much either. Um, but, you know, coming in just to – put him in that offense, seeing how Hertz develops as a passer. Cause that's kind of like the big question mark um, for, as a, as his, as a court for quarterback play. Sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't figure out my words there. Um, Jeff Akuda on the other side, coming back from a season ending injury last year, he was supposed to be, you know, one of the best up and coming corners from the draft got hurt. Now he's coming back in. I want to see how he, he matches up against AJ Brown or even Devonte Smith, whatever side they put him on. And then, so that's my matchup that I'm looking forward to. Um, and then my team, it's just going to be Thursday night, Josh Allen. Um, I have high hopes for Josh Allen this year. I think he could be a potential. If not, I think he's my pick uh, for an MVP candidate this year. I think he has a lot of weapons still around him. Um, and they're going up against the defending Super Bowl champions, the Rams, great defense, who just added Bobby Wagner, right? If I'm now remembering. You are 100% correctly. correct. Yes. Yeah, so they're, they're, just, they're just adding on to that defense, and I'm looking forward to seeing how Josh Allen plays against uh, that great Rams defense on Thursday night. Great job, Jay Brad. I mean, that's right off the cuff, folks. I mean, he knew that he knew this 15 minutes ago, and he's ripping it. So great job, Jay Brad. And it's a final, Jack. So 
uh, even though it was my idea. So it's really a final me. I should be filling everybody in what's going on. We'd love having you, Jay Brad. It's great to have guests. So, uh, guys, first off, you're going to a game this year. You have to use SeatGeek, right? It's a freaking awesome app to use. Great for tickets. Great prices. And, hey, listen, we know it's getting a little pricey for tickets now. Getting a little pricey. I have to pay for my tickets in the NFL. People don't realize that. You get two home game tickets, complimentary. I pay the taxes on them. And then everything else you got to pay for. On the road, you got to pay for everything. So use the promo code SeatGeek. Maybe I should start using it, Jack. $20 off any ticket price over $50 total. So, again, use promo code Colin Thompson, my full name, C-O-L-I-N-T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, the only way to spell Colin with one L. Uh, Colin Thompson, pop that promo code in for 20 bucks off your order at SeatGeek. Going to a game this year, football game, pop that code in. It's the only way to roll. Baseball playoffs are coming up too, so this is the best time of year. I mean, I always say that for sports, there's a lot going on, and leagues have spread it out more year-round, but, man, it's a good time of year for sure. I am jacked up. Football season's back. So, as my matchup this week is uh, Zadarius Smith versus David Bakhtiari, left tackle for – uh, the Packers, edge rusher, Sam linebacker, Zedarius with Minnesota. I don't know where they're going to line him up. Uh, the Smith brothers, when they were in Green Bay, they played on different sides. I think Zedarius rushed. If you're looking at the offense, Zedarius rushed off the left side. I don't remember correctly. We played Packers. We played the Packers two years ago, so it slipped in my mind a little bit of exactly which side he played on. But the Smith brothers were a great duo in Green Bay. They have a loaded defense in Minnesota. I think they are a team, a good team this year in the NFL. Uh, Minnesota's got some players now. I love Jordan Hicks pickup. I saw that too. You know, people in Philly were living with Jordan Hicks, right? But like Jordan Hicks is a good football player in the NFL. He's made some Pro Bowls. He, he's a he's a good player. So I like their pickup. They have Kendricks. They have some studs. Obviously, Daniel Hunter. So with Daniel Hunter. Ends at Area Smith versus David Bakhtiari on the offensive line at Green Bay. A lot of people are going to be watching that game. I think it's the four o'clock slot, uh, so it's the you know the national Fox game. So Zedaria Smith, David Bakhtiari, kind of really the Vikings D line versus the Packers O line, and how that's going to go because that's a great matchup. Uh, always fun to watch how Aaron's going to navigate around it because they're going to prepare for it. You know that's the strength of their team. Uh, that that front four, that front seven, their defense. So uh, that's my matchup uh, for this week. So guys, hey, listen, there's nothing, there's no better matchup than some sleep and getting a good night's sleep. Truly, everybody struggles with sleep. There's no better product out there to help you have a some, have a great night's sleep and then get up the next day and feel great. There's some products that knock you out, right? You get up the next day and you're groggy or, hey, you feel good the next day, but later on you're tired in the afternoon because you really didn't get a good quality sleep. The natural products and some help you fall asleep gradually, help you wake up gradually if you need to, or they get you rolling in the morning. I absolutely love it, guys. Som Sleep, S-O-M, Som Sleep, S-O-M. Use promo code Colin for 10% off. The Get the package. I like the sugar-free ones. I like them both, but I like the sugar-free ones. They're fantastic. It's a little sweet treat at night, too, if you're, like, trying to fight off, uh, like, a craving of, like, a bowl of ice cream. This is a good little kick, too, to just crave that, get that sweet tooth uh, right. So, guys, Som Sleep, the best in the business when it comes to helping you fall asleep and then get up and rise and conquer the day the next day. Get Som Sleep, promo code Colin, just my first name, promo code Colin for 10% off. So, that was my matchup for the week. 
Uh, should we go bus one? I think we should go bus one. So I already talked about the Watt brothers going to be the bus one for this week. Obviously, those three uh, are studs. Um, they are all seem to be awesome guys. I've yet to meet them, but I know guys that know them and just have so many great things to say about them. The Obviously, JJ and his uh, philanthropy and the millions he raised for the hurricane relief in Houston. I'm sure the other brothers are involved in that as well. And it's much, excuse me, several other things. Um, is Derek still with Pittsburgh, Jack? Can you look that up for me real quick? I think he still is. I, the last I remember, he was. Yeah, he is with the Steelers currently, yes. So is JJ, when his contract runs out in Arizona, is he going to Pittsburgh? Or are they all going to meet somewhere? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes down. So bus one for me this week, for those that are just joining us, our bus one members is when you're on a, when you are on a NFL team or you're on a college football team or you're a part of the caravan, like the starters are on bus one. Right. I'm on like bus four uh, temple. I was on bus one, bus two. Right. So uh, my, the bus one members are either like diehard fans of the podcast, people that have supported us. So shout out to our bus ones who are listen, always listening and retweeting and commenting. And I appreciate all these new Panthers fans we're getting on. And then, you know, the bus ones could also be like people that have done some pretty cool stuff. Uh, and they're, you know, they're, they're respectful or doing whatever they're doing. I, I, that's how we're doing bus one. So JJ Watt, TJ Watt, Derek Watt, they joined bus one this week. The other group that's joining bus one is the 90, whatever thousand people at the swamp in Gainesville that rocked the house to some freaking Tom Petty in the beginning of the fourth quarter. They started that tradition when Tom Petty passed away a couple of years ago. I was there for the first game. They did it. I was not in the stadium, but I was down the street at a bar of the week that I'm about to talk about here moving forward, watching the game. And it was incredible. You could hear it from a mile and a half away mile away um singing uh you know i won't back down so um uh, unbelievable stuff obviously i'm a huge tom petty fan i've talked about it on the show here a little bit maybe i haven't but uh tp is a legend a gainesville legend and they sing won't back down and then the freaking gators came out with a huge win did you guys see that game that was ridiculous the final quarterback needs to tuck that kick the ball going overtime he throws the pick we we're going crazy watching the game with some family and friends. I mean, that's a huge Gator win. Uh, new ball coach down there. He's done some awesome things at ULL. He comes to Gainesville. The team doesn't know where they're going, right? They lost their head coach. They lost some players. They have a young team, new recruiting class. They have a new, beautiful football facility. So, bus one this week is the Swamp, the stadium, because that place was rocking, and that is a hard place to play. If you're an away team there, you are right up against. Your bench is up against the wall right where row one starts and row one is a five foot wall if you're a player and you walk right into the wall your chest is above that wall like you are right there people you, like you can just high five you don't have to like reach over it's like here high five it's incredible of oh, the swamp rocks it's loud it's this ninety thousand people of mayhem so shout out to the swamp bus one member this week did you guys watch justin you watch that utah game by chance utah florida yeah i did yep jackie what do you think bud I saw a little bit of it. I mainly just saw Paige's reactions to it in the group chat as everything was going on. So that was kind of my play-by-play of what was going on. Yeah, it was a great game. Great game. Great game. Utah, obviously, highly ranked. Florida's going to probably be ranked now after that win. Richardson, their quarterback's an absolute stud, number 15. Um, so they're definitely a team to watch uh, this week. So uh, before I get to the bar of the week, boys, it is NFL's week one. 
what are we looking forward to? What's the tradition this weekend food-wise? You know we're always going to bring it back to food on the show. Like what – when I was in high school, we would go and get the Italian hoagies. We'd get the pizzas and like have it out spread for Sunday NFL football. What – let's say Jay Brad, what are you getting set up for the 1 o'clock kickoff? What do you got rocking? So for me, I got some local pizza shops around. So I, I love a cheeseburger sub. Now, cheeseburger subs are one of my favorite go-to foods at an Italian place or an Italian shop, pizza shop kind of thing. So I'll probably go with those, maybe some wings, a, pe- a cheeseburger sub, some wings, and uh, chips and dip maybe, some chips okay. and dip. Chips Jack, and salsa. Chips and salsa. Hold the guac. Jack in the back, what do you got? So I really haven't done – I'm not really – I'm not a big eater during the games. I'm always so focused. Like that's just the diet. But like – Back in high school, like when we would like all like friends hang out stuff, our two big, our one main spot was Lee's, Lee's Hoagie House. We would either go to Lee's or get Lee's takeout, hoagies, wings, mixture of the sorts, or there's this other place, Giuseppe's, that is phenomenal wings we would go to. And then the other spot that we I've been going to recently for game days and stuff, Mr. P's. Those are like kind of been the three. It, it can't be just wings. It can't be just pizza. It has to be from those establishments. Like they are, it's just tiers above the rest. I love it. I love it. That, I mean, I hear you, Jack. I know those places are very good. They're fantastic. So I know I was just curious before we got into it for the bar of the week. So uh, again, appreciate our sponsors, Wealth Advisory Services, Fudge Kitchen, Seek Geek, promo code Colin Thompson, Som Sleep, get some, promo code Colin. Oh, and shout out to our friends too And Actions Over Words. Freaking shout out to hooking our whole team up with apparel. Uh, Alec and their, and their group there are amazing. So uh, actions over words apparel.com. Okay, so the bar of the week this week on the Colin Thompson show is the swamp in Gainesville, Florida. Sadly, the original swamp got knocked down and they build condo complexes on it. The swamp is notoriously known for just being like a house that turned into a bar, and the front yard courtyard is just outside seating. It's really cool inside. There's an upstairs area. Like, it's just awesome. It's like college, bar to the maximum. The best. Gator stuff everywhere. It's called the Swamp. The stadium's called the Swamp. You can't beat it. They obviously got knocked down. They rebuilt it. It's towards Sorority Row on campus. They just opened this past weekend for the for the kickoff of the season. So, congrats to them. Awesome stuff. It was a place I frequently went to, ate, and had adult beverages at. So, the Swamp is the bar of the week this week on the Colin Thompson show. Cold beer, good drink, four out of five. TVs, four out of five. The ambiance, you can't beat walking off campus, grabbing a beer after a long week, grabbing a bite to eat. I used to crush their buffalo chicken wrap. I loved it uh, with the rice and beans. Love that. Uh, And then, you know, so it just had a cool vibe. Ambiance of food, great. Four out of five. Service, four to five. Just a great college bar, a solid college bar, and a solid score of a 16 out of 20 for the bar this week. The Colin Thompson show, The Swamp in Gainesville, Florida. So I'm just happy for them because it's tough. The, the CC staples of this college towns go away to big money, right? Like I don't blame them for selling it because, or the landlord saying, I'm out of here because they don't know the players, they don't own people anything at campus. They are trying to profit off their land. So they sold it and built a giant condominium complex as much as it upsets me and everybody else there shout out to cantina r.i.p which is also there another great place uh you know i, I get it i get why they did it so um swamp moved down the street 
It's still close to campus, and uh, it's a freaking awesome place with some awesome people. So love the swamp. Love the swamp. Have any of you guys been to Gainesville? I have not. I have. Jackson was offered. Jay Brad, yeah, the Jay Brad says there's not even college football, and Penn State's an hour and a half from him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Temple's like an hour and a half. I'm not saying you got to be a Temple fan, Jay Brad, but don't say there's. I there. know, but like you know, you know what I was trying to say. You did a great job, Jay Brad. Jay Brad was a great addition again. Thank God you're picking up the slack for Jack. You've been slacking, Jack. I've been slacking. No, you haven't been slacking. You've been actually <laughs> killing it. You're actually killing it. But we haven't been doing any. Uh, and this is on me. We haven't been doing any rankings. We got to get to bring our rankings back next week. I know. We have. We got to brainstorm some good ideas. I got to find some more good top fives we can do. Yeah, Especially. we can do it. We're not is forcing that- them. We're not forcing them on anybody. No. Nah. Well, we, we we did the wings. We did the public transportation, which I thought was unique. I've never seen anybody do public transportation. And people gave me yeah. shit for it. I'm like, hey, listen, we're trying, to be different. we're trying to be different here. Guys, check out our podcast here, Not For Long We Do. We have a bunch of different things going on. We have an awesome team. It's great to have Justin on here. He, Him and Jack, Jack in the back, are freaking ripping and tearing and, and bringing new people on. If you're looking to join a podcast, if you're looking to create content, if you're looking to be a host, if you're looking to bring your podcast on to Not For Long Media, we have Bourbon With Friends. We have Breaking Bats. We have Ogs. We have Colin Thompson Show. We have Two Girls, One League. We have Brought to Light. So we have six podcasts that have kind of in the last year we've been either herded or created, uh, and we're just blessed to have some awesome people, part of our family. Uh, it's been really cool uh, ride here at the media company. We're not just a podcast now. It's the Colin Thompson show at not for long media. So uh, we have an awesome team that does things behind the scenes and just kicks freaking ass. Uh, and you guys see the product. We've had huge videos of late take off on social media. We've had, you know, a bunch of stuff to just do awesome numbers because of what you guys do. So thank you to our team, first and foremost. Um, you know, Jack, Justin and Jack, you guys are here, but we have, a, as you guys know, a whole team behind the behind the curtain here that do awesome stuff. Uh, check out our new podcast, guys, Two Girls, One League. I think you guys are really going to like it. It comes out this week. We're going through some of the, uh, you know, the process of getting it uploaded and all the things and applying to Apple and Spotify and all those things. So that will come out soon. Um, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy that. It's really fun. Shout out to our sponsors, Wealth Advisory Services, Fudge Kitchen, Seekeek, promo code Colin Thompson, Tom Sleep, promo code Colin, Actions Over Words Apparel, check them out.com. Bar of the Week, The Swamp, mm-hmm. Bus One, The Swamp, The Stadium. Singing Tom Petty and rocking it out there and, and for, you know, causing a turnover there in the fourth quarter. The Watt Brothers are Bus One and then Brian O'Neill, guys. Brian O'Neill has become a friend. Uh, he's a pro bowler. He could be an all-pro type guy. That's how good Brian is. And a team, a very exciting team to watch this year in Minnesota, I think. So, uh, again, Brian was awesome. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, that's Justin. That's Jack. I'm Colin Thompson. Have fun, everyone, week one. Hope all your team wins. Obviously, that will not be the case. Go Panthers. Keep pounding. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy the Brian O'Neill interview. She likes to get it started. She likes to get loud. Wow, what a treat today. Brian O'Neill, Pro Bowler, Minnesota Vikings. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. I'm pumped. So this is your first Pro Bowl this year. You and I got to play a little golf with our boy Jimmy Morrissey. Uh, We got to talk about the Pro Bowl. Uh, Takeaway from the Pro Bowl, coolest part about it. Being with all those guys who I, like, grew up watching in high school and college and, like, even my first couple of years in the league that I still kind of like look up, looked up to and thought was really cool. Um, 
and then you kind of realize like, oh, we actually are peers now, um, which is pretty cool. But uh, that's the weirdest thing. That's the weirdest thing. Like literally, sometimes I don't realize I'm in the league. You know, no matter where you are, whether you're a guy that signed a second contract in a Pro Bowl like yourself, or a guy like me who's, you know, bottom the roster guy fighting a way to stay on. Like when I talk to people outside about football, like I'm, and we're talking, you know, like unfiltered, and here's what I think about this team or that team or whatever, because we all do. We never would on air, but we would, you know, one on one. Like I'm like, shit. I guess I still play in this league. It's weird. You ever have that feeling? Oh yeah, all the time. Or like, I'll see another offensive tackle or lineman in public, and I'll be like, dude, that's Lane Johnson. <laughs> and like, we do the same thing the same week, and like, you know. I'd like to think we do it at a comparative level, but you kind of hold certain guys to the standard because they've been doing it for so long. So hopefully we'll be there in a couple of years. Is Lane the best in the league at right tackle? He's been doing it the best for the longest. Yeah. Like he's been, you know, you say top last eight years, who's the best right tackle. In my opinion, it's Lane. Um, Tristan Wirfs from Tampa Bay has been giving him a run for his money the past couple of years. I he's saw that dude. Big at the Pro Bowl in Las Vegas, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the biggest person I've ever seen in my life. How does that guy get slipped all the way, you know, down? What, what, what pick were you? You were later. I was 62nd. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how it goes, though, man. I mean, that's the draft. There's so many good players that come into the league, right? But he he's a guy, right? They show him jumping out of a pool. They show, like, the Iowa guys always pan out. Like, is there ever an Iowa player that you play with that's, like, not good? No, if they play line and they went to and they went to Iowa, or they play tight end, they're tight usually end. good too. Yeah, it's like Kittle, Hawkinson, Noah Fant. Uh, who else? There's one more. Them are all the Stanford guys. There's just so many tight ends. Uh, who else tackle wise is like someone that he jumps off to? I'll tell you what. I, our guy Taylor Moten in Carolina is a beast at right tackle. He's awesome. Yeah, yeah so, he's, I shook his hand and like he basically suffocated me. I was like, it's another one of those guys you see. And the you know physical presence they bring, it's like we are asked to do the same job, but we look a lot different in pads. That's the whole thing about offensive line play. Like it, when we play golf together, right? Like you know, you're I'm, I look at you and I'm like, all right, this is a basketball player body that's long and athletic and flexible, right? We talk about Mike McGlinchey, a buddy of ours. Like Mike's the same way, like long. He's like a pterodactyl because he's like six nine. But like other than that, right? You were like what six seven? Yeah, six 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 seven. Yeah, so you're in the same ballpark as Mike. But right, there's so many different builds, and you have a guy like Werfs whose thighs are literally the size of like b- bigger than your waist. Who is another guy in the league that you like watching at right tackle, or even left? I mean, everyone watches Trent, but yeah, everybody watches Trent. I don't find Trent great to watch for me because I can't play the same way Trent does. Right? Like no. I like to find guys who have. I don't want to say similar body types, but I'm not going to be, you know, 340 pounds and the most explosive athlete on the field every given week like he is. Um, you know, what I think is really, really good and who will continue to be really good is Rashawn Slater. He was a rookie for the Chargers this past year. Um, just super smooth in his pass sets. He clamps guys down and he's a great kid. I've met him a couple times and I got a lot of respect for him. Yeah, we're not going to say what the story was, but you told a story to me about him blocking a really good player in the league and being like, he wasn't that great. He came off <laughs> after pitching a shutout and was just like, yeah, he was just a guy. He's just a guy. And he's like the premier guy in the league, at least one of the, you know, 10 guys in the league. You know, the, the funny thing is too, it, 
is the, you know the whole world's like left side, left tackle, the blind side, and then you play on the right side, and like, what well, is that a different thing now? Is the game change like because I don't even know that answer when I talk to people. Like, what do what do you think about it? I think it's much different than it was say even ten years ago, um, because all the good teams have guys that come off both sides, edge rushers, um, and some of the best edge rushers, you know, pick and choose where they want to go. Um, but there's guys who exclusively only rush over the right tackle. TJ Watt usually only goes over the right tackle. Khalil Mack for a while really only went over the right tackle. Um, but then there's guys like both, both, both Bosa brothers go wherever they want. They get to pick and choose. Zadarius Smith, who we just signed, you know, kind of will pick and choose his matchup on either side or go inside. Um, I think the best guys can go either way. And so, um, yes, technically the quarterback can see when they're coming from our side. But um, in terms of who you have to deal with on a week-to-week basis, it's not like the best rusher rushes over the left tackle anymore. That's just not true. Yeah, there's a lot more quarterbacks in the gun too. Like I feel like – Back in the day, the old like five step drop in her center, and you're still doing that. Don't get me wrong, it's still a major part of the game. But like back in the day, like every play was under center, whether like it was like fourth and 20 or you know, it was you know, uh, whatever first and goal, you're under center. So I know it's a unique side of it. So, what are you up to now, though, man? What's the word, Minnesota? Just Minnesota getting ready. We're about a week out, a week from tomorrow's training camp. Today's the I don't know what today is, the 17th, 18th. 18th. Um, yeah, we're a week out, just kind of, we, you know, did a little practice run on our conditioning test for training camp next week today. Um, got a couple more golf rounds coming up this week to close out the season. Um, the 3M Open is in Minnesota this weekend from Thursday to Sunday. And I got invited to play in the Pro-Am tournament on Wednesday. Um, so there'll be more people watching me tee off than ever before, which will be probably more nerve wracking than any game I've ever played in. So Brian O'Neill initials are B.O. I called them. We started playing golf. I called him O.B. And I called him that for like three or four holes. And one of the guys we were playing was like, why do you call him O.B.? I'm like, because he aims out of bounds. <laughs> like literally talk about your talk about your approach when you're when you got the driver in your hand. So I like to play to my strengths and my strength is a nice left to right fade. Some people might call it a little power slice, but I like to fade it in nice left to right. So I'll aim just you know, a little bit left of the fairway. Um but if we got a hole that, you know, dog legs left, that left to right doesn't work. I got to pull an iron out. So, um, you know, we're getting there. Game's getting there. He aims straight into the woods, folks. Straight into the woods. And that thing right before it hits the woods, just beautifully, boom, drops right into the fairway. Yeah. You could play. Your boy Jimmy can play too now. Oh, yeah. That's another big guy. Jimmy Morris, he plays for the Texans. He was my buddy at Pitt. He's a Philly guy. He goes to the Jersey Shore. Um, yeah. He can swing it. Do you have any Jimmy stories that you could tell on air? I'm trying to think. Any good ones? I mean, he's a grinder, man. He's like really made it. Like walk on in college to team yeah. captain. Yeah. There's and a- so I think Jimmy started his second year. Um, so his retro freshman year at Pitt, he was going to be the starting center, and he still wasn't on scholarship going into training camp. And his mom got the tuition bill about two weeks before training camp started. And was like, hey, Jim, like, just like, let you know, like, I got, you know, the bill for tuition this year. And he said, don't pay it. And he was like, don't pay it. Like, by the end of training camp, I'm going to have a scholarship. So it was clear that, like, if you're the starting center, you're going to get, you're going to earn a scholarship. And he did. He earned it every bit of the way. But 
Um, the day he got it, they got our quarterback at the time, Max Brown, who also does a bunch of media stuff now, um, a transfer from USC. They had him purposely fumble two snaps in team periods. So like on purpose and like, and then like get mad at Jimmy and blame Jimmy. And so then our team gets called up and our coach, coach Pat Narduzzi calls everybody up. He's like, guys, it was a great practice, ton of energy, but you know, there's two things we can't have. Our starting center can't fumble two snaps in one, in one team period in practice. Like it just can't be better. It's just like, you gotta be better than that. And so then he, he's like, Jimmy, come up here right now. We need to have you do a couple snaps in front of the team to prove that you can do it. If you're going to be the center. And so then he gave a ball that said, congratulations, Jimmy, you're on scholarship to Max Brown. And then Max Brown handed Jimmy the ball and said, give me a couple snaps. And then everybody kind of jumped up, started clapping, and Jimmy didn't know what was going on. And then he read the football and it said, congratulations, Jimmy, you're on full scholarship. Wow. Anybody crying at home? I'll say this. That's the best, my opinion, walk-on scholarship story. There's some good ones over the years, but that's like natural, like – going right at the heartstrings of every center who's going to take it on the chin and say it's his fault, even though he knows the quarterback pulled out of their hands too early. Oh, yeah. And that, that's Jimmy too. Like, Jimmy definitely takes it on the chin with the best of them. Like, just Absolutely, easy. absolutely. But also knowing that, like, a snap is something you can control every time, that probably aided him so much knowing, like, oh. he let two get away from him. And he's like, yeah, Ma, don't pay the bill, even though he's rolling snaps back on the ground. Like, that's your worst nightmare. There's, you know, and Jimmy's not here on this league, not on the call, and that's fine. I'm going to have Jimmy on, and you guys will get to know Jimmy and Brian because we've become buddies, and we'll do stuff. I want to do, like, a what Chicklets does, like a sandbagger where they have, like, they film us as playing golf, and we just mess around have a good time, pay some, get some sponsors, pay for it. Film some OB. Film some OB alignments. Oh, OB alignments, exactly. Uh, where was I going with the story? Now I completely forget. Yeah, Jimmy's an absolute beast. Uh, oh, the story about Jimmy. Christ, this is horrible, horrible podcasting out of me, too. This is why I got to write things down, man. I'm getting old. That, people say CTE. I don't know. I, I think it's just getting old, bro. <laughs> I'm not long, young like you. Let's go back to, uh, you know, the high school days. Like, you're a hooper. You have that body of a hooper. Like, talk about your childhood, like, playing basketball. How'd you get into football? Yeah, I played basketball kind of all growing up. Started playing football in fifth grade. Um, all through grade school and early part of high school, I'm like, I'm a hooper, like for sure. Like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to play college basketball. Like, this is great. Every white kid, literally every white kid from the tri-state area of just Jim, uh, Bryce from Delaware. Where are you from in Delaware? Sorry, real quick. Wilmington. He's from Wilmington. So, and I mean to cut you off, but that's every freaking guy that's like going to be six, four, six, five, like thinks they're going to play D1 basketball. Yeah. Um, and when you're six, six and can't shoot and can't really jump, you got no chance. Um, but we played, so my high school basketball teammate was Dante DiVincenzo who played at Villanova was the hero then their second national championship game. And that was a first round picks pick to the bucks. Michael Jordan of Delaware, correct? Michael Jordan of Delaware. Um, he just signed with the golden state warriors, but awesome for his career. It was going into his freshman year. I'm a year older than him. We had summer league and he came and was like the best player like in the whole program and the whole school right away. And I thought I was like pretty good. You know, I thought I was hot shit going into my sophomore year. And somebody looked at me and was like, that's a basketball player. Like you got no chance, but um, it was fun to play with him. Playing high school basketball with him was awesome because he just elevated everybody. How old was he when you guys were the same age moving through? I'm a year older than him. Okay. So you guys played on the same high school team or you played against him? Same, same high school team. Oh, sorry. Okay. Same high school team. Sorry. When you're talking about the program, I don't know what you were uh, referencing. 
So, yeah, what was he like playing with him? I feel like he was lights out. I bet all the coaches were coming through to recruit him. Yeah, absolutely. Jay Wright was on the sideline of a couple of our high school games. Coaches were coming to practice. And, like, after practice, we'd all try to, like, do, like, trick dunks. But, like, we couldn't really do anything that crazy. And then he's doing 360s off the glass. Or it's like, all right, dude. Did he um, Did he play football? Nope, just basketball. Okay. I'm going to say, he would be a hell of a football player, too. If he had the bite, you know, like if he has the bite, everyone always says that about certain guys. Like, if I was your size, Brian, I would be breaking the backboard, dunking. Well, you can't, and you're not. So you stop doing that. Like, yeah, everyone always like, oh, if I was six four, you know, I would have been, I would have been breaking the, you know, I would have been breaking the rim. I'm like, well, you're not doing, you're not. So don't. It's not easy to be. You, you, you know, we don't move the same. I digress. Okay, so I always thought it was interesting. Like, I was talking to you. I'm like, well, no Delaware, man. You know, why'd you, why Pitt over Delaware? And you're like, Delaware never offered me. Tell me that story. Yeah, I don't know. Pitt was the first school that ever offered me and it ended up being the only big-time program, Power 5, to offer me a scholarship. Um, Delaware had gone through a coaching change. They fired their coach kind of mid-recruiting cycle. And then after that, it was kind of they were kind of in limbo for a while. They took a while to hire a head coach. And in that time, Pitt offered me. And then once Pitt offered me, it was like, I'm either going to go to Pitt or somewhere bigger. And um, then the new coach came into Delaware, and it was kind of just – it never really happened. How did it work at Pitt when you went there? Like, it, were you you're a guy like, hey, listen, man, you're you're a project. You're a starter. You've got to be a weight gain guy. We think you can be, you know, all ACC. Like, what was that all about when you just got on campus? Oh, it was totally you're a project guy and a weight gain guy, and you got to figure it out. And people talk about their welcome to the NFL moment. My welcome to college moments were way worse and came way more frequently than any transition to the NFL. But um, I was like 250 pound tight end who was nowhere near ready to play. Um, and then redshirted that season. Then our coaching staff, Paul Christ, now the head coach of Wisconsin, left to took the Wisconsin job. We got a new staff, Pat Narduzzi, from the defensive coordinator from Michigan State. And then they came in in that spring and said, hey, it's probably time to pack on 60 pounds and play a line. We think you're going to be a second-round pick or first-round pick and make a lot of money, and you're going to thank us later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've had those same conversations more in passing, and I don't want to say I have regret because I am a tight end. I play tight end in, in the NFL. I'm very blessed to be able to do that. But, man, sometimes I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> when I find myself in there on, like, second and four running play action, I'm kicking, you know, to try to set on the sandbacker. I'm like, oh man, I wish I was making a lot more money doing this than some of these other than some other guys. I'm one on one here. What's the difference? No doubt. The more you can do, the less you get paid, is a saying in the NFL. Guys who can play a bunch of positions, do special teams, play both sides, grind it out, good locker room guy. The more you can do, the less you get paid. I'm the backup long snapper. Like literally like I'm the prototype of the more you can do, the less you pay guy. And I am blessed. We make a great living. I'm not complaining, folks. But some days when you look and, you know, your locker buddies check next to you and you're like, man, all this guy did today was step left. Now he's got to block the other guy that makes $100 million too. I get that. But, yeah, it's a good league. I'm very blessed. So two quick stories. Pitt offered me an offensive lineman. I told you, you know that story. And I was furious. Like, Top ranked tight end in the country. I had all these offers and pit off me a no lineman. I was like, you got to be shitting me. Like everyone else offered me his tight end, even though I knew like deep down inside, like, yeah, they're not wrong. I was like, man, I'm not going there. But it could have been you, me, Biz, Jimmy. Who else? You got some good guys. I mean, some great guys. Um, Adam Biznawadi was one of them. 
Yep. We had a guard who played for a little bit in the NFL, Dorian Johnson, mm-hmm. um, who was a Pittsburgh guy. You would have fit right in. It would have been great. I wouldn't have played. I don't know if I would have liked having to come in and you've been the older guy who was showing me the ropes or bullying me a little bit. But I would have never bullied, dude. I, you know, like it's funny. Like there's so many different things. I remember sitting at uh, in Wood, and we didn't have like a bully culture at my high school. But some of the things that were done by the older kids, like not it wasn't the culture of the program just like a couple older guys that were just like hot shots or whatever i'm like when i'm a leader of this team i will never do that like i just thought it was the dumbest thing ever like i was the guy who did not buy the varsity jacket like you know they give you the paper to bring home and like your parents fill it out and you bring the 60 bucks in the next day and you get a varsity jacket no there was too many i've like watched high school musical too many times and saw the guy like sham shoving somebody into a locker with a jacket i'm like i'll never be that jock asshole like i can't do it you definitely had the you definitely had the jacket, but you weren't ramming people in the lockers. No, I had the jacket. I still wear the jacket every chance I get, but uh, I was not ramming people in the lockers. But it's the same thing now with like young guys and rookies coming into our offensive line room in the NFL. It's like I want you to like me. Like I want you to like think of this room as like something that you're proud to be a part of and that you want to be a part of and make better. And like bullets are gonna be flying, you know, for 17 weeks in the fall, like we have to like each other and like have some goodwill built up with each other in order to like weather the storm that's inevitably going to come. So like, I don't really, I don't really like all that much of that. I mean, a little bit here or there, like if there's no yeah. coffee. That's fine. But um, it's a problem. Make sure there's yeah, coffee. We're not, we're not shoving people in lockers and taping people to goalposts anymore. Like we can <laughs> no. be boys still, and you can still be a rookie. You know, there's, I mean, we spend more time in meetings than we do playing football games. We play 17 games a year. And if you think about it, we probably spend more time in just individual meetings than we do in those football games. Like we meet a ton. We play a little bit, very small amount. And this is so much fun going on in our room. Like we have a fine system. You know, we have a whole deal. We go on a tight end trip. What do you guys do in Minnesota that you guys like? We have a fine system too in the O-line room. Some people call it like kangaroo court or whatever. Um, yeah. That was a big step in my career when I got uh, when I was in charge of who of like delivering the fines. Wow! Forget the contract, Pro Bowl, whatever you want to do. Like now that I can deliver the fines, like it was a big, it was a big deal for me. Um, What's a fine though? Like for us in the O line room, there, if the head coach gives you positive talk in front of the team, you get fined for that. Do you guys get fined for that, Minnesota? We have a big like we're like you you're sensitive you get a fine yep. if you talk about money too much you get a fine those <laughs> kind of things but I get a lot of sensitives believe it or not shocker us big guys from the northeast none of us are sensitive not no. one of us no not one of us that's great um, but we do a Vegas we did a Vegas trip last year we did a Miami trip one year we try to go on a trip um, we use all the money we donated at Thanksgiving Christmas give a bunch of people Thanksgiving, you know, dinners, bunch of families, meals, and then a bunch of presents for kids um, around Minneapolis with half the money. And then we use the other half for some fun. Oh, that's awesome, man. Good on you guys. That's so cool. Uh, the trips, are you getting the PJ or somebody getting the PJ? Cause you just signed the big ticket. Are you getting the PJ bud or what are you doing? Are you everyone no, flying first class? No PJ, no PJ. Actually, we all flew, our whole line flew to Vegas last year on the line trip. And the whole entire offensive line was in first class. And they announced my name at the gate. And we're like, Mr. O'Neill, can you please come to the gate? I'm like, all right, here we go. They're like, hey, we had an aircraft change. We can no longer give you first class. 
you're now in seat 27C. And it was like a middle seat in the coach. And all the rest of my boys were up in first class, like hanging out, having fun. I was like, this is rough start, rough start. That's a rough start to a Vegas trip. And I'll say this. You're a bigger guy than me. I struggle back there at 6'4". Someone, if someone even moves their seat back a little bit, it's over. It, not even. My knees are up against it anyways. I'll say I'll see you boys in Vegas. I'm catching the next flight. There is no way. She was just you, you signed a big ticket, man. Just get the PJ. Throw yourself on there for like 40 grand. No way. That is, you know, it's funny. Like some position groups on teams I've been on, like they're like, oh, yeah, we get the PJ and we do that trip. That's so much money, though. Like that is so much money. And from Minneapolis, wherever you want to go is two hours away. Like, yeah, it's two hours. Let's use that for something else. Like we could have way more fun with that money doing something else. <laughs> yeah. What's mini like? You know, everybody's like, oh, it's freezing. And, you know, no one lives up there and guys live elsewhere. But it's, you know, people like the stadium and the facility. Like talk about the organization, the stadium facility. Oh, it's great. I love it. I love everything about it. The facility is brand new. It opened 10 days before I got drafted in 2018. So top of the line practice facility. It's awesome. Our stadium, I think, is top three or top five in the NFL for sure. It's got a great game day atmosphere. Um, The fans are great. The people are great. Like there's enough going on to where you still feel like you live in a big city. You're not, you know, in Green Bay or, you know, um, it's a fun city. It's awesome. It is cold, but um Minnesota summers are beautiful. There's a million lakes. It's like people talk about Minnesota suburbs. Like I, I believe the hype now. I've been a part of them for a couple of years. So um, I love it. The people are great. We got a great group of guys in the locker room. Like I couldn't have asked for anything better. And then draft night, I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to Minnesota. See what this is about. I had no idea. I had never talked to them. And then uh, I've grown to love it. Yeah, we're going to get into that. I want to go back to Pitt here real quick, and then we'll get to the draft. So Pitt, uh, overall career Pitt. You know, you went through a coaching change, a recruitment, gaining a bunch of weight. Can you talk about what you did to gain all that weight? Because I know guys have great stories of, you know, meals and protein shakes. Like, can you take us through what your day was? Yeah, it was pretty – the first summer was pretty brutal. I just kind of, like, blew up. It looks like I kind of just sat on an air hose and just, like, pumped up. I was super bloated. I put on about 50 pounds in two months. Um, The one story that people love to tell and has kind of been circulating for a while is, like, I'd wake up at three o'clock in the morning and eat like a peanut butter and jelly and like a glass of whole milk every night for like about a month and a half. And that, that story's kind of played its course. I've heard it about a million times, but, um, that's yeah, a that gut's real though. That I mean, that's the way to do it. No doubt. Like people um, think that's crazy. Back in the day, a pit though on the weekends and then how we're, how we're managing the off season now, but, um, we had yeah, a lot of fun there. Maybe a couple ultras now, you know, mix it up. Even though we can't, you know, promote beer, we, you know, we're Cape May Brewing Company podcast, you know, but, but yeah, a couple ultras, you know, a couple light beers, maybe aren't going to hurt you. Cape May Brewing Company coming out with a Wawa hard tea from Wawa's famous iced tea. East Coast guys know what I'm talking about. Wow. I mean, that's big news, man. That's big news. I mean, in my opinion, Wawa iced tea is like one of the best there is. It might have to rival high noons or white claws or whatever, you know, it could be next year's high noon. I'll say this. It's good news. It's a great day for my buddy Ryan Krill, who's the owner of Cape May Brown Company, and he kills it already, and they have a great product. Like, literally, they kill it. But, man, oh, man, they paired up with Wawa. That's, yeah, you're right. It's the Mecca. It's the Mecca for those in the Northeast. All right, so back to Pitt. Like, what's the weight gain meals, though? Like, talk to me. Like, are you building the plate? Are you, like, four meals a day, six meals a day, three meals a day, but three huge meals? Like, are you crushing the whole milk? Like, what's the vibe? 
A lot of whole milk. Um, I probably had more creatine that summer than I've had since then. Uh, just piling it on. Um, but I did uh, five or six meals a day. Like the one thing they were like really adamant was, was like, don't go two hours without eating. Yeah. Like every two hours got to have something. Um, and yeah, I was able to do it. I, people are always like, oh my gosh, that'd be so nice to have to put on 50 pounds, get to eat whatever you want. I'm like, yeah, the first 25 pounds are fun. And then after that, it's like, it's a full-time job. There's literally big guys across the country that are go through the same thing. Like the tight end who comes in, he's like, yeah, you know, you know, mom and dad are like, yeah, tight end. It's good. Yeah. You'll be good. You, you know, I think you'll be okay. You're like, yeah, I'm good. Like, I don't think I'm going to move inside. And then you boom, like two months later, you're like sitting in the coach's office and you're like, Hey, we suggest you move to tackle. What do you think? Like, you're not going to say no. Yeah. It's you're like, like, you're, it's voluntold. Like, yeah, it's volunteer, but like, eh. like, do you want to help the team or do you want to be a me guy? Yeah. You're not a me guy, and it's the best decision you probably ever made, I would assume. So, good for you, brother. It's awesome, man. So, Pitt, uh, highlights of the career there, favorite games. Clemson one probably stands out, right? Yeah, that's that's top three for sure. Um, the year Clemson won the national championship, we went to their stadium for a night game on their senior day um, and beat them. In, it wasn't overtime, but it was at the very end on a game-winning kick, like 43 to 42 or something. Um, that was pretty cool. It was like Deshaun's last game at, at, at that stadium. Um, they were loaded. We, you know, we're just trying to hang on for a couple quarters, a couple things went our way and we pulled one out. Um, probably the first time Pitt and Penn state played against each other again for, they didn't play. We didn't, we used to play each other all the time and Pitt Penn state was huge. Um, and then we brought a series back in 2016 and we played them at Heinz field, which is now Acrisure stadium i'm not sure how i feel about that i have a feeling people in pittsburgh will call it heinz forever but um we played penn state at home it was the most people that, that we ever had at a college game there we beat them at home and like it was the second week of the year so school's just starting you know it's still warm out um it was a noon game so we got to go out and celebrate that night like those those were two ones that stick out for sure a couple butt heavies for sure that night uh okay so we played Penn State the year before in Philly. Most people I played in front of, other than my time in Florida, which I didn't play a ton. So, yeah, that it was huge. First time we beat Penn State in 75 years. So that was obviously massive. Then Penn State loses you guys the next year. Then the next week after you guys beat them, we lost to them by seven uh, on a controversial penalty call on a touchdown call back. We lost by seven to them. So that would have been crazy. You know, we talked about that playing golf. Penn you still State, haven't gotten over it. I'm okay. We beat them, so I'm cool. But I'm saying the fact that Pitt would have beat them and then we would have beat them the next week would have been just fantastic. Like, great. Like, awesome for us. They, and they ended up having, like, a pretty good year that year. I think they ended up winning, like, the next – I think they won the Big Ten that year. They won the Big Ten and they finished in the – they didn't go to the playoff, but, like, they finished number four in, like, the final college football playoff standings. Oh, so that's what makes me upset. Lose the Pitt, then lose the Temple, then win the championship, conference championship. That would have been – tremendous but that's on us we should have pulled it out that was our last year and then coach Bull went to baylor all right so draft day the process how do you find the agent your top pick the agent finds you i'm assuming and then you're okay where are we training like take me through that whole process where they say you know the highest you're going to get drafted kind of that whole roundabout thing uh were you a senior ball guy all that stuff yeah um going into my junior year of college or like my four my redshirt junior year um I knew I was going to be a pretty high pick. So 
agents reach out to you through different ways, email, text, phone call, family, friend, you know, fifth grade teacher, however, however they can get contact with you, they do. Um, me and my parents probably interviewed seven or eight that summer going into the season. Um, and then just basically told them all like, look, like, I don't want to deal with this during the season. If after the season, I'm going to come out early and declare and skip my fifth year, we'll talk to you in December, but like, don't reach out to us throughout the season. Like if you reach out, like you're out. And, uh, so I got a top three, did another three interviews, right. You know, with like a week left in the season. Cause at that point I pretty much knew I had a really good year and I was going to go, um, you know, did another round of interviews, Picked the guy that I liked, um, had a bunch of connections with him. He was great. They still represent me now. They do a great job, Rep One Sports. But, um, yeah, when, when once I picked them, I was like, look, dude, like, I'll go wherever you want. Like, I picked you to, like, advise me on this stuff. So pretty much whatever you tell me I'm going to do, um, you know how to handle this process better than I do. Um, so I went to, went to their place in Southern California, trained for a couple months, ended up living with the tight end from Philly, Dallas Goddard, that off season. And that's how we became boys. And, you know, we still live together every off season in Newport beach, California. Um, so wow. he's my boy. I'm excited to play the Eagles week two, Monday night football, their home opener, Vikings Eagles. Wow. Um, September 19th. That's going to cost you some, some tickets, buddy. From Wilmington. Oh, yeah. oh boy. You're playing for free. Even you with that big ticket, all those bananas you're playing for free, bud. Oh yeah. It's going to be tons of requests, but it's fun. Like, that kind Absolutely. of stuff makes it more fun to be able to do this kind of things when everybody you know can, you know, be a part of it and have a fun experience like that. I just like, I'll get whoever you want tickets. Just don't text me all week. Like, oh my God, are you so excited to play in Philly? Like, you know. Um, but, I got to block this guy. You know, I'm worried about that. I, I have work. Like, I have a job yeah. to do. Um, but no, that'll be, that'll be super fun. And then uh, I did go to the Senior Bowl. Um, I don't know if you've talked to many people who've done it. I actually... Listen to one of your podcasts with Michael Jr. Wow. And you were talking about in the intro with your boy that, you know, you think that the senior bowl over like 50% of the guys got drafted and, you know, it's been a great product and it really has been, it's been great for a lot of guys. They do a lot of great stuff. Um, and it really helped me, especially after talking to the Vikings after they said they loved everything they like saw at the senior bowl and kind of that process kind of put me up their boards a little bit. But when I was there, I hated it. I hate it. I just, cause I, I had no idea. You hadn't done the combine yet. It's the first thing you do after college. Um, you know, all you're doing is like 40 training and then you go jump into full football for four days meetings, the whole nine, but, um, it was really helpful. So I, you know, I'm happy I did it. Who were the head coaches at the senior bowl? Uh Oh, we, we had the Denver Broncos staff, Vic Fangio okay. staff at the time. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Cool. I was like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we'd edit that out if he can't nail it. <laughs> yeah, just your staff. You don't have to name, name the other staff. That's yeah, a, I don't know who the other staff was. But. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's a cool experience. I mean, it, like they have a great product, and it's uh, that's my favorite thing to watch of all the football stuff. Like, it's great when it's on. It's so cool for like a football person to watch that to see guys how they move, and you could tell like, all right, that guy's a dude, or you can tell like, no, oh, this guy's you know. Yeah, and, and then you get you know like a tackle from Middle Tennessee State or. You know, Weaver State out there just, like, strapping the number one defensive end in the country down. And you're like, all right, this guy's a baller, but just nobody believed it until he could do it at, against the top competition, guys from Ohio State, Notre Dame, all the, you know, all the big schools. And they come out and prove it. I think it's super beneficial for guys that come from a Delaware or a Villanova or, 
um, yeah. smaller schools who can finally get a chance to play against the big guys and show that they can compete. So before we move on, talk to me about this NIL stuff, dude, because there's players getting pulled out of pit, getting paid. Like, I'm assuming, right, we're all four players getting paid. I know you are because you played in football and we all wish we had a little bit more cash in our pocket, right? Why not? Especially a guy like you that was, you know, second-round pick. He probably would have made some money, whatever, selling freaking, you know, uh, what's the sandwich place out in Pittsburgh called? Christ. Permani Brothers. Permani Brothers. Is that over? How is that? If you're out drinking with the boys and you're 21 years old in college and, you know, you're going out and it's 11 o'clock and, like, you, you want to crush one, great. I don't think I'm going to go have one on a Tuesday night for dinner. Like, I don't want, you know. Okay. But it's it's good. It's good. It's really good. It's like a it's cheap. Like, it's a cool treat. It's like, you know, a thing from the area. People there love it. Like, if I go back, I'll get one every now and then just to, like, kind of, it's part of the experience. It's the same thing of a Philly cheesesteak, right? Like, I'm not, yeah. I'm out, boom. I'm going to have one. I'm at the Flyers game. I'm going to have a crusted cheesesteak. I'm biased yeah. to Philly cheesesteak, though. I think a Philly cheesesteak's way better than a Permanent Brothers sandwich. Where's your, where's your spot in Philly or Delaware? So, from Barstool, Angelo's, the pizza cheesesteak combo is probably my favorite. But, like, um, me and all my boys in high school, like, my senior year, we'd, like, sneak out of the house. And be like, there'd be, like, 20 of us who would all, like, drive up to Pat's in Philly and get, like, a cheesesteak at, like, midnight in our senior year. We thought of it as, like, the coolest thing ever, like, sneaking out, of, sneaking out of the house and going to Pat's. Yeah. It's pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. You but the Andor- characters, too, outside there. Oh, South Philly? 12, 1 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday night. There are some people hanging out there. It's fun. It's good people. Good people. It's good Philly vibe. Yeah, great Philly vibe. You gotta love it. All right. I forget where I was going with the story. Per- typical. Oh, yeah, NIL. Okay. What are your thoughts on all this craziness going on? I like it. I, I like it. I think, you know, players should be able to do – make money, sell autographs, get a car sponsorship, you know, wear a not for long media hat. And, you know, you give that, you write them a couple, couple bananas for promoting the, promoting the company. Um, I think it's great where I think it needs to be kind of reined in a little bit is give it to players who are established and already on the team. I think you say like, Hey, once you get to school, you can, get these i don't know i don't know i don't know if there's a right way to go about it or a right way to govern it to reward players who are already there and who have done it but like you know say you got the starting middle linebacker at temple who's a great player going into his fourth year he's gonna set all the school records and then you have an 18 year old kid who just happens to be a good recruit from the area and the 18 year old kid comes in he's making a million dollars a year and this guy who's you know captain of the team stud you know, does everything the right way, has, you know, been there through it all. I think he should have a way, there should be a way to prioritize the guys who have success in college first before recruits. Do you see the amount of five stars who don't pan out or the amount of like high four-star guys who come in and like everybody's like, oh my God, this guy's going to be amazing. And then the hit rate is really low. Yep. And now to get those four or five star guys, you're going to have to promise guys hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think it's great. I just think if there is a solution that could incentivize you to actually play well in college and then get some money, I think that'd be a great solution, but I don't know how it, how it fits. 
I think that's a great point. It's a point we've talked about it on here at nauseam. Probably ten different episodes we brought it up. I don't know how you can't, especially it's like the number one topic in sports. Even now, when nothing's going on in sports, you could talk about it and be a great debate. I think it's a great opinion. It's kind of like the old first round pick vibe, like Jamarcus Russell, Matt Ryan, Sam Bradford, those guys that get paid so much money, right? And Sam obviously had a good career in Bradford, and then but Jamarcus never played. Obviously, Matt Ryan, you know, should be probably a Hall of Famer at some point. So. You know, that's the whole thing, right? It's just changing it. Like, that's the, what the draft is for. It's like almost like a draft. It's it's turned into a draft. It's just turned into this internal free agency, right? Yes. So, yeah, it's interesting. I think we're on the same boat with that. It's getting really unique to that. What do you think about the conference realignment? I, un- I get it. I understand it. I mean, USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten, it's great for both parties. It's great for the Big Ten because they get two flagship – big-time historic football programs from the West Coast. They dip into the West Coast market, and it's great for USC and UCLA because all their games won't be at 9 o'clock Eastern on a Saturday night playing at Oregon State, right? Like, you imagine USC at Penn State in September, you know, September 10th or whatever, or, you know, Ohio State flying out to UCLA and playing at Saturday at 4 o'clock, right? Like, it gives those two schools more marquee matchups a year. And I think it also will help individual players who are studs there. I remember your teammate, Christian McCaffrey probably should have, should have won the Heisman in my opinion, but you play at Stanford. What percentage of the Heisman voters are on the West coast, right? Like it's, it's just harder time-wise for more people to watch you. You're not playing primetime games as much. You're not as, you know, you are accessible to a lot of people on the East Coast. So for them, I get it. Um, you know, who knows if there's going to be three super conferences, fingers crossed for my Pitt Panthers, that they're going to land somewhere or things will shake out favorably for them. But whether it's three super conferences or staying the way it is right now, I think in five years, there'll be 75 teams under the college football playoff separate from the NCAA. That's just my opinion. That's what it should be. Operate under your own rules, have a commissioner, um and just you know play it out but we'll see ob just dropping i mean just dropping dimes today like the guy's dialed in he's got the smart water he's you know the golf game's gonna be dialed in this weekend at the 3m open i mean that's dude you're i mean i've never heard anything like about that i never even thought about that and we spent all i spent all day thinking about that stuff that's great point about visibility for those players, I could see Pitt getting swallowed up by the Big Ten. They're right in that little region. I think that'd be really cool. It'd be a win for Pitt. They would it'd be, be a big win for Pitt. It'd be. I think it'd be a big win for the Big Ten too. I do but. too. Like, why not? Like, uh, personally, like it's a shame that Temple's gone where they went because we were really rolling in the right direction. And I think it will go back. But you know, we won't get swallowed up by the Big Ten. But like, if a BC and like a Pitt, like that's coveted. Boston, Pittsburgh. You know, you have the State College, Pennsylvania thing, Maryland, Rutgers, like that all makes sense. I don't, I think too, like everyone freaks out about it. it's on the West Coast. I'm like, well, when we play the Niners or when you play the Seattle, like, oh, well, it's pros. Well, we still leave 24 hours before the game. They still leave in college 24 hours before the game. Like, right. it's really not that big of a deal. Like, yeah, you're going to be a little more tired. But like you said, the exposure is awesome. I think Pitts to the Big Ten would be great. I don't know if, Penn State would allow it. I think all the other schools have to sign off on it or allow the schools. I have a feeling they might try to block it. 
Which is stupid. Why? Some li- a little brother syndrome. You don't want your, you know, little brother or older brother to show you up. I get it. You know. Pat Kraft, the new AD of Penn State, friend of the show, great guy. They're gonna have battle on and see what he would say. He'd probably like, no. Don't we get the Pit Panthers in there? We'll get you on as a sales pitch. I love it. I love it. All right. So I want to touch on a few things in Minnesota here and let you go. First off, draft night. Take me through that. Obviously, it's second day, which is you know tough because you think you're gonna be a first day guy or how's that go they told me my agents told me anywhere from pick 20 to 60 ah, tough. So the last 10, 10 12 picks of the first round wasn't like out of the question but it was probably gonna happen in the second so the first night i wasn't really expecting it i was watching it just because i knew everybody in the draft um loved seeing mike go the 49ers early that was pretty cool um big philly guy yep. um but I didn't, I watched the first night, nothing happened. And then the next night we probably had like 30, 40 people at my house. And I told my parents like, Hey, we're capping at like 2025. Like I don't need a big crowd whatever. Like, all right, cool. Ends up being like 30, 40 people. Um, it was pretty stressful. Cause I was like, all right, I'm going to go in the first 10 picks of the second round. It'll be great. And then it's going, you know, beginning middle. And then we're getting down to the end of the second round. I'm like, Oh shit. Like, is this, is this about to go into the third and fourth? But what a lot of people don't know is that all the draft picks contracts are slotted. So every pick that goes by, the value of the contract goes down significantly. Like a hundred grand. Like yeah, every every pick. Um, and so I'm seeing like offensive tackle, offensive tackle, guard, center, all these O linemen. I'm like, dude, like there's no more teams picking in the second round that need O linemen. I'm like, it's gonna be a long night. And then you're just sitting there and it's real quiet, and then the phone rings and it's Minnesota, and I'm like here we go. Like, let's go. I kind of blacked out for a couple minutes, um, hung out with my family there. And then there was a big party at a bar, uh, like five minutes from my house where all my boys were, there was a couple hundred people we were hanging out. Um, I don't remember much of that one either. (laughs) Shocker. Yeah. Um, it was fun. It was a great night. Yeah. That's great. Even for me, man, undrafted, I was losing it, you know, childhood dream. And then we went to the bar five minute walk from my house, you know, Pumped a jukebox full of sing-alongs, and you know, fifty of us sang freaking. Don't stop believing until you're until you yeah. cry. Oh, uh, I mean, just no, I can't do it. I, that song is burned out. You know, too many. I left too many bars at you know two a.m. with that playing that in closing time. I'm out on it, but it was a good time, man. No doubt about it. People know my story on here. I'm I'm having you on. So okay, Minnesota. You play with some great players. You get to block. You're going to be blocking guys in camp that are freaking studs. Bar Kendricks, you know. Hunter, obviously, you sign guys. You got Harrison Smith, you get, but you block for Dalvin Cook. What's it been like blocking for Dalvin, one of the best backs in the NFL? Oh, it's awesome. It makes he makes our job 100 times easier. Um, you give him three inches, he can go, you know, he can take it 15 yards on a dime. Um, he's a great player, but a lot of people don't really know him personally. He's a great dude, too. Like, I've never seen a guy have a bad day once. Um, he's got great perspective. Um, he, you know, he understands that it's football and a lot of people get super stressed out about football and, you know, the pressures of the NFL and blah, blah, blah. But, um, he always keeps it light, keeps it fun, keeps guys engaged and keeps it the way it should be, which is fun. So that's something I really respect about him, like off the field, but on the field, you guys see it for yourself. He's just unbelievable. Talk to me about Kirk Cousins because he's like the mystic character of the NFL, right? Everyone's like, he gets paid a ton of money. Kirk's a good player. He deserves the money. That's how the NFL goes. Like, if you're a good quarterback, you're getting paid. 
And he's a guy, you know, in Washington. With he's a great dad. player. Yeah, he's a great player. So, like, talk to me about your interactions with Kirk and what it's been like playing, blocking for him for the last couple of years. Well, it's great. I mean, I love him. We all love him. Our O-line loves him. The receivers love him. Like, guys in our locker room love him. Um, he does everything right. He knows about – I mean, this is the same with every quarterback, but he knows our offense and everybody's job more than we do. Um, he knows everything. He makes it go. He makes it run for us. He's there the earliest. He stays the latest. Um, he's very, he's really relatable, I think, in terms of he was a fourth or fifth round pick for Michigan State. He didn't have a ton of college offers. He's a guy who's truly maximized his potential. Um, he's not six foot eight. You can't run a four four two, and he doesn't have like he can't throw at seven hundred yards. So in that sense of the term, he's really relatable to a guy like me or a guy like you who's given a certain amount of gifts and really maximized it and is close to his ceiling. Um, and his story of, you know, he was drafted four rounds later than Robert Griffin III was a first-round pick at Washington. You know, a first-round pick is going to be given every chance in the world to succeed. Mm-hmm. And she backed him up, just his stories about coming in into the games – doing well, working his way up to being the starting quarterback to betting on himself twice to, you know, play on the franchise tag and then be rewarded for it a couple years later. I think it's awesome. Just like his story and what he's been through, what he believes in, um, what he stands for. You know, if he believes in something, he'll speak up about it. He'll, he'll stand on his two feet and, you know, say it. Um, he has all the guys at his house Friday for some body work people that come over Um He's had, you know, the whole team over for dinner a bunch of times. Like, he's – I can't say enough positive things about him. I know you're running out of time, but I can keep going on Kirk. No, you're um, good, man. Because no, I, hear, I hear some of it, and I don't buy it for a second. Um, you know, that's a, beautiful, that, that's a beautiful thing about our league is – but people don't understand is the media has got to make some money, right? I get it. But now the fact that, like, player-driven media, man, like, if you listen to the Bustin' with the Boys with J.J. Raddock, he freaking nailed it. He's just like, yeah, that's – the media is disappearing. There's going to be a point for it. And I'm friends with a lot of media, media members, and they're great people, and they make an honest living. But it's player-driven media. That's why I have a media company. That's why I have a podcast. That's why pro athletes come to me and say, hey, I want to start a podcast. I want to speak for my own self, you know. But, like, a guy like Kirk, like, that guy is a, just an awesome person. And 99.9%. I think I've come across like two or three dudes in the league that I just don't like. But other than that, and I've played on a lot of teams. I've bounced around a lot of different places. Like I'll never get the Odell Beckham one. Odell was great, enjoyable, like nice to me, normal. I've also heard that from somebody who played in New York with him and said that like unbelievable teammate, guys loved him, brought up like uh, sleep number truck to the facility on Christmas and said, guys go in and get whatever you want and there was just like mattresses everywhere like yeah he's, everybody who i've talked to says can't say enough high- but it's an easy narrative right it's like star receiver people don't really know him right like he's not very public like he's not he's not a podcast like he's he's kind of and then all of a sudden like he goes to the ram and it's like this whole feel-good story and i was like i'm out i'm out on all of it like it's always been that way you know, obviously things aren't always perfect, but that's normal life. And it's we, we live in a microcosm of society. Like there's good days and bad days at work. We just try to make them more good than bad. And that's how you get paid and improved, whatever. Um, the one thing we had, we had the great, do you play with Pat Elfline? Oh yeah. That's one of my best friends. I was in his wedding. His wife, Emily's great. Um, we were yeah. here for three years together and he's one of my closest friends in the world. 
and we talked about that. I, I forgot when we played golf, but Pat is a man. We had him on the podcast. I don't know the orders. I do a bunch of podcasts before we go to camp. You're part of like the summer series I call. I just stock, you know, stockpile them and then it helps me, you know, have more time in the season to just kind of whatever focused. <laughs> so uh, Pat was on and I asked Pat, I said, can you go through the quarterback gifts that you've gotten over the years? Can you go through the quarterback gifts you've gotten every year since you started? I think so. Traeger shotgun. Traeger is one. Custom suits is another. We've got two years of that. Um, one year we got like a big like Santa's bag with like a bunch of stuff in it. Um, a speaker, headphones, a five hundred dollars Snake River Farms gift card, Hypervolt, you know, a bunch of different stuff. So he's 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 hit every year, I think. Um, we were it was like October this past year and all the boys were like, dude, we need Kirk to get us a custom set of irons. <laughs> and like all the boys in the alignment room were like, Brian, you got to tell him, like, you got to be the one to be like, Hey, this is what we want. And I'm, that's not really my nature to be like, Hey, you should get us these custom set of PXGs. But like, this, that would be pretty sweet. And so like, they were like tasking me, with like dropping hints to the backup quarterback Sean Mannion that like that's what we want from Kirk and I just totally flaked out on it. I just, oh. which is you know, we we get paid great. Let's just you know, yeah. be grateful for what he gives us, what he thinks of. You know, I never thought it should be a requirement for him or somebody to get something crazy over the moon. Like whatever you grant, be great. Like thanks, you didn't have to do that. Yeah, no, no, Christian. I think Christian played three or four games my first year with him and he got his custom suits, you know, like first class, that guy's first class, you know, I've talked about it before off air, but like, he didn't have to do that. I mean, that was so cool for me. Like a guy that's been out of the league and get that. I'm like, all right, that's like, I made it moment for me. Like that was so nice of him to do. Like no one's ever, you know, no, it's not expected. No one needs to do that for me, but that was so generous to do. And then my, my other moment, I always say like, yeah, like scoring a touchdown all that stuff was cool, but like, that's not my I made it moment. Like, yeah, of course it was incredible. Like, yeah, I guess it was in a way like, okay, okay. I made it to the league. I scored. That's ridiculous. Like I was out of the league working media and traveling with Temple football. And, you know, my journey has been kind of weird, but you know, I think this week, this year, this past year, when we were on the stage at Kenny Chesney, like partying with like the entire team and like, just everybody involved with our organization. I'm going to say it as that. I'm not going to say names who are all out there partying with us, players and staff. I'll say, uh, you know, getting on the stage at Kenny was like a crazy moment for me. Like I like Facetime my dad. I was like, I need to Facetime my dad. I don't know why. This seems like a moment I want to share with him because he's been there along the way. My mom, I have great family support, and I'm on the stage at Kenny, like just tearing it up. Like this is incredible. This is like I made it moment. Do you have any moments like that for you, either on or off the field, that were like, all right, I, I made it. This is really cool. No doubt. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I have two. One, I got to meet Tom Brady. Um, I was at a family friend's house in Montana at the place called the Yellowstone Club. Um, it's a great place. We were there playing golf, hanging out um, for a couple of days, working out. And we were me and my buddy who, Ryan Winslow, you know, a Philly guy. Um, he's one of the best. He's one of my closest friends from Pitt. There's a field there, and we were a couple weeks out from training camp. It was around July 4th, and we like were working out on the field, and a black Escalade pulls up, and out walks two guys, and like right away it was like Massachusetts plate, and I'm like, that's like, and we knew Tom, you know, whatever, and so it was Tom, and uh, we were working out, and he just kind of like from the other end of the field, he was like, who do you play for? And I was like, uh, the Vikings. He's like, 
are you good? And I was like, uh, sir, I don't know how to answer that question. You know, trying to be humble or whatever. Um, so that one was pretty cool. And then this summer at the Eric Church concert at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, we were backstage. We got to meet Eric Church, but Michael Phelps was back there. And a couple of us were hanging out, chopping it up with Michael Phelps. And me and him ended up having like a 20-minute one-on-one convo. And I was just like, this is probably the best day of my life. Like, this is awesome. That access it is really cool. And you probably would, like, you could probably think about it, right? Like, I'm thinking, well, all right, Kenny Chesney concert's coming up. Like, I remember sitting on the sideline, right? Because they're they're advertising it in September for next April, you know, Kenny Chesney comes to town. I'm like, we're going up on the stage. We're going to party. I know people, you know, I've seen teams do that before. But, like, you don't think about it. All of a sudden, you're up there. You're like, holy shit, there's so many people in the crowd. The place is sold out. Kenny's the man. And I've like spent time in Key West with people that have been around Kenny and I've seen Kenny down there. So, you know, it's like not even like a, I just like personally, like just, it's just so cool. Like the access we get just because we play football, it's a crazy thing and it's a blessing before we go, you know, we've talked about it before and I give, you know, I give you shit, but I, I just, you know, just from a player to player, like so happy for you that you got paid what you got paid and you deserve every penny, you know, and from a friend and we're new friends, but, just awesome. But what's something you look forward to doing with that? You know, I know, you know, people say houses and you set your family up and you set the next family up and that's like unbelievable stuff. But like, what's something that makes you tick? Like for me, I love taking care of my friends I mean, I love taking care of people and there's charitable work involved there. And I hope to make enough one day where I can do that. But like, for me, it ticks, like makes me tick as like family and friends, like picking up a tab or like, Hey, taking care of people. If we go on vacation or like trying to like, that really makes me happy. Um, what makes you tick? What's something you look forward to do with that with that money? Um, I got a twofold answer for you. First one, obviously helping my family out. Um, my parents, you know, my siblings. I have a sister with autism. Mm. Um, you know, she's pretty disabled. So being able to help her out and like kind of set that situation up for probably the rest of her life is pretty was pretty cool for me. And then the second part as it relates to football is, you know, being able to play free knowing that like at this point it's all you know i'll be able to play better now i think because i'm not worrying about it you know there's no training camp going in trying to get a contract done feeling like every rep is the end of the world um i'm just somebody who's always played better when i'm relaxed and having fun and when that stuff's not hanging over your head anymore i find it easier to play more relaxed and more enjoyable because you know that part's done and handled and let's just go play football and you know let's go win like, let's go win as many games as we can and, you know, pour every bit of myself into the team and, you know, try to find team success because, you know, that's, you know, that's why we do it. I love that, man. That's an awesome answer. Uh, and, and we'll find out how we can help your uh, sister too here. Not for long. We'll, we'll put some stuff together and we'll talk about that off air. But uh, on a side note, what, what's your handicap? What are you going to shoot this weekend in the 3M Open? Updated handicap. My index right now is at 12.7. So we're getting there. I thought there was a chance I was going to get to single digits this offseason, but, you know, we'll, we'll save that for next season. The bag's going away for six months next week. So um, I'm about, you know, 13, 14, you know, around that area. Um, and I don't know. I, we have some really good players on our team. Adam Thielen is a stud. He came in fourth at that um, Tahoe American Century Celebrity Tournament. I think Tony Romo won it this year. I played with him a bunch. He's an incredible player. So, I mean, I just want to keep the ball in bounds and like look like I know what I'm doing. 
because it's going to be fun regardless playing with a bunch of pros and other guys who are really good. So um, not embarrass myself is the main goal. I love that. We're talking about a great guy, Adam Thielen. He's like, the best. One of the I, best. I met him in Santa Rosa Beach, Florida this year, and he came walking in the gym, and they've been telling me, like, yeah, you know, they're, like, typical, like, gym owner, which is not – some typical, some not. I have no idea, right, who he is. I'm like, that guy's one of the best receivers in the NFL. <laughs> like, really? I'm like, one of the best players in the NFL. Like, I think he made top 100 a couple times. Sure he did. I mean, he he's, like, a grinder, like, undrafted, like, Absolutely, just an absolute beast. Um, but the nicest guy gave me just unbelievable amount of time and was so gracious and so nice. Yeah, he's awesome. He's like as true Minnesota through and through as it gets. He was born here, went to high school here, played at Minnesota State, Mankato, um, where we used to do training camp. So his joke was that, you know, six years into his time with the Vikings, he'd done 10 training camps at Mankato State which is a small school, you know, an hour outside of Minneapolis where he went to school. Um, but great player, great golfer, great dude. He's got three kids, uh, a great wife, great family. He's awesome. He's Mr. Minnesota for sure. I don't know. They could pay me enough money for me to go back to Temple to have training camp again. And not because it's not a beautiful facility because it's great, but I'm scarred, man. I'm scarred. If you go to Pittsburgh and finish your career, I don't know, man. You're gonna have like you're gonna be like twitching walking into the building, like, oh man, I had some tough days in this building. Yeah, for sure. I yeah, I you know, I always said I didn't want to play for the Steelers just because like I've been there, I've done that, you know. I wanted to see something different, and that's what yeah. I got. Pro bowler, Wilmington, Delaware, Pitt Panther, Minnesota Viking, lifer could possibly be a Minnesota life Viking for life. I'm sure you'd love Fingers that. Crossed. That's right, man. OB, Brian O'Neill, appreciate you joining us, man. Thanks for having me, but it was awesome.